Christchurch, New Malden, 4th of October 2020. Katie Lofman speaking on A Fresh Take on God in Charge. Yeah, hi. We worship the God who is the ruler of the world, the king of everything. He's in charge and he's defeated evil. As the angel says in Revelation chapter 11, the kingdom of the world has become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Messiah, and he will reign forever and ever. We believe this in faith, but sometimes it's hard to see in the world around us. If God is in charge, why do we still see so much suffering in our lives and evil in the world? That's a big question that Christians have been wrestling with for 2,000 years, including me recently, so I'd like to add my own few thoughts on the matter. Last week, Stephen spoke about how heaven is all around us. Heaven is an ever-present dimension of the world that we can't see, but it still has an impact on us. We live our whole lives within God's kingdom, surrounded by the spiritual world. And within that spiritual world, God's power of love is working for good. But there are also spiritual forces working against God and bringing chaos and evil into the world. What we see on earth here are the effects caused by that spiritual battle going on between God and the forces of evil that we can't see. It's like seeing the foam and ripples on the surface of a river. When I go kayaking on white water, I navigate the waves and turbulence that I see on the surface, but I often can't see what's causing those rapids. The water's flowing over obstacles that are hidden under the surface, usually rocks on the riverbed, and it's those obstacles which are totally invisible to me, but they're definitely there. That's what's causing the white water that I have to paddle through. I think the evil and suffering that we see in the world is like that white water. It's an outworking of a struggle that we can't see. The struggle for power as evil rebels against God's rule and tries to take control. We can't see that struggle, but we feel its effects on the world. At times, we see God's love clearly winning, transforming a situation with his healing and his peace. But there are other times when it looks like evil is winning and it's hard to see any good come out of a situation. Sometimes even our efforts to do good seem thwarted as each solution creates a fresh set of problems. But that effort is not wasted. When we battle against evil like that, determined not to give up, we're taking part in that cosmic battle, fighting on the side of God and his kingdom. The Bible gives us a few glimpses behind the scenes at the ultimate cause of our struggles. The book of Revelation gives us a look at the rocks on the riverbed that are causing all the turbulence in the world. The various evils of the world, such as oppression and materialism, are portrayed as different monsters who are attacking God's people in a desperate bid to win them away from God. There's a dragon who represents the temptations of wealth and materialism and a beautiful prostitute who represents various kinds of unfaithfulness. There's a ferocious beast with seven heads that represents the tyranny of oppressive governments, 
and another beast, like a cross between a dragon and a lamb, who deceives people into becoming part of that oppression and tyranny. The book of Revelation contains a description of the struggle going on in the spiritual realm, as those beasts compete with God for control of the world. And we experience that as temptation, as those beasts try to steal us away from God. And of course the sad thing is that God calls everyone in the world to ignore those temptations and receive his love and to pass it on. But his is a still, small voice and not everyone chooses to hear it. How often have you been tempted to spend too much money on stuff you don't need or to put someone else down to make yourself look good? It's easily done. So many of us are seduced by the shiny comforts of materialism and the trappings and selfishness of power that we ignore God's call to love. And yes, God is in charge, but he doesn't force people against their free will. He's not a despot. People make mistakes and bad choices, but God doesn't stop them doing that and he doesn't erase the consequences. But if we pray and trust him and change and listen to him, he can guide us to a better place. We know that to act out of love can be more difficult than to exercise power and it's tempting to act out of selfishness instead and to go for the more obvious status symbols of money and position. But when we do the opposite, it's really powerful. I read in the Church Times last week about a woman called Patty Stonecipher who rose to become the most senior woman at Microsoft and by the age of 40 she'd earned enough money that she never needed to work again. In 2008 she left Microsoft and became the chief executive of the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. She worked there for no salary on their mission to eradicate polio and find cures for malaria and AIDS and all the other good work that they do. But then she recognised a need on her own doorstep, right outside her office in Washington, the capital city of the richest country in the world, was a nightly food van for homeless people. She found it was run by a tiny Christian charity called Martha's Table, so she started supporting the charity with donations. And when they advertised for a CEO, she got the job. It was a huge drop in status and power for her, but she believed it was where God could use her to make a real difference to people's lives. They support families who can't afford essentials like healthy food, mental health care, education, and they work for social change. She's still there, seven years on. Patty Stonecipher gave up her high-profile, glitzy and powerful lifestyle in order to get social justice for the poorest people living in her own city. There's a cosmic battle going on in the spiritual world and Patty Stonecipher and Martha's Table are beating back some of that evil, loosening its grip on people by bringing God's kingdom into people's lives with their love and their sacrifice. When we think about changing people's lives like that, we can see that what makes a difference is love. The practical love that it takes to spend time with people, cooking for them, educating them, 
looking after their children, understanding them. With love like that, people's lives change. Some of the evil and injustice that had a grip on them is destroyed and they gain a greater level of freedom and peace of mind and dignity and God's kingdom comes to that place. When that happens, we can see quite clearly that love conquers evil. It's copying the approach that Jesus took, working in people's lives to beat back the injustice that was crippling them. But you see how I'm talking. It's hard not to talk about this using the language of violence, of battle and victory and defeat. I said, beat back, destroy evil. We talk about God conquering evil and fighting for good. These are all warlike terms. But that language is really not appropriate for God's way. We have to be careful we're not fighting evil with evil. If we try that, we make things worse and it becomes an arms race. No, the only weapon we really have is love. That is what God's power is. His superpower is love. And love is a quiet, slow thing, often hard to notice. Love is healing, and healing is slow-growing. Love is self-sacrifice, and self-sacrifice doesn't give itself fanfares. God's love is justice, which comes out with quiet dignity, not proud showing off. It's changed lives that grow and thrive with the gentle flourish of a tree in spring. All these are God's power working in the world, taking charge of a situation and transforming evil into good. And God can do that because he's conquered evil. And when we see those things, we know that God is in charge. So when God defeated evil, he did it with a sacrifice, not with a fight. What happened on the cross was the most evil thing you could possibly imagine. Jesus, the creator of the world and the giver of life itself, was deliberately put to death as the powers of evil tried to kill God. But God transformed that attempt. The most awful thing imaginable became the most wonderful thing imaginable. All of that evil was redeemed. The broken down unity between God and humanity, between heaven and earth, was restored. And it was the end of death, not only for Jesus, but for all of us who follow him. So with death gone, the only outcome is resurrection and eternal life. We know that Jesus could have refused to go through with it at any time. We know that he could have jumped down off the cross and people taunted him to do that at the time, but he chose not to. It was his love for the world that held him there. It was the power of love that gave him the strength to go through with it. And that is what ultimately defeated the powers of evil. When we meet with evil in the form of injustice or selfishness or untruth, we have to use love to overcome it and plant a bit more of God's kingdom in that place. And often that entails sacrifice. David and I have been reading this book, Our Bodies, Their Battlefield, by the journalist Christina Lamb. 
It's quite a distressing book about the way that women are treated during times of war and conflict. Rape is used as a weapon of war. Girls are kept as slaves and their children stolen to be indoctrinated. As a result, their lives are ruined. But even in the midst of this awful story of horrendous suffering, there are glimmers of hope. Survivors who make their way to a place of recovery and healing. And doctors and campaigners who fight tirelessly to get justice for the women. God is in charge, but he doesn't restrict the free will that he's given us. He's working to bring redemption, and he calls people to that cause. If evil was in charge, there would be no recovery, no hope. And we are part of that cause when we too make sacrifices. When we sacrifice our ability to take more than what's rightfully ours so that others can have enough. We sacrifice the right to be right as we resist the temptation to oppressively hammer home a point. And some, like Patty Stonecipher, sacrifice income and status and time in order to raise up those who have nothing. Each of those sacrifices is an act of love and it brings redemption to that situation and it demonstrates that God is in charge right there. Because God is not a despotic, micromanaging dictator. He doesn't force people to do the right thing. But when we choose to do what's right, he works powerfully through us, gently and lovingly weaving golden threads through every situation and making it more bearable. That's how we know that God is in charge, despite the evil we see around us in the world. Because if he wasn't, there would be no hope, no healing, no end to any of it. The world would be a very bleak place indeed. The fact that ill people get better at all shows God's healing is stronger. Times of suffering come to an end because God limits them. Even the most traumatic experience can be lit up by moments of laughter and hope. People who've done bad things can change and at the end comes redemption and something good. All of those are quiet, unobtrusive dawnings of light and they show that God is in charge, not as a despot fighting evil with evil, but as salt that preserves and flavours food and as light that dispels the darkness in the world. Evil doesn't win. As Paul says in our reading from 2 Corinthians 4, sometimes it gets us down, but it doesn't have to defeat us. And meanwhile, in the spiritual realm that we can't see, evil continues to rebel against God's rule, struggling against the redemption that God offers throwing up rocks in the riverbed that cause our own turbulent struggles on the surface of the world. But we know it's already defeated, and these are its death throes. We pray for God to deliver us from evil, and on one level, he already has, which is why Psalm 23 can tell us we don't need to be afraid of any evil, and a table has been prepared for us with a wonderful banquet where we'll celebrate with Jesus, unmolested. But Jesus knows how easy it is for us to give in to temptation and fall into evil. So he tells us to keep praying, deliver us from evil, as we look for his strength 
and renewal every day. And because God is in charge, he does.